Welcome, friends, to another episode of The Conversation. My guest today is Harry Gibbs, the Assistant Vice President and Manager of Canandaigua National Bank now in Pittsburgh, his, his new assignment. His goal there is to build relationships with individuals and small businesses in the community to help them achieve their financial goals and dreams. Prior to joining the bank in 2015, Harry spent eight years as a sports broadcaster here in Rochester, primarily with WHAM 1180. Outside of his bank work, he serves on the board of uh, Rochester Area Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He's a member of the Elder Board at the Browncroft Community Church and an all-around good guy. Harry, welcome to the conversation. Thanks for having me, Rob. Well, I started this, those who have listened to this um, podcast in the past, you know, whenever it was, almost uh, three-quarters of a year ago in the coronavirus, that's what started it, and then we've moved on to other subjects um, over the course of the year, but we're kind of back there. That is to say, here we are almost at the anniversary, in a manner of speaking, uh, of the coronavirus first, you know, having its first case, I think, in January somewhere in the United States, and, and we're still in the middle of it. And so I kind of wanted to, to talk about money and talk about, you know, all things coronavirus relative to the work that you do. So let's just start there. You know, what's your, Harry, it's been a year now. I know your bank uh, mm-hmm. was involved in in the um, Paycheck Protection Program, otherwise known as the PPP. But what's your general assessment, you know, uh, looking back now a year later of PPP number, what's called PPP number one? What went well? What could we have done better um, overall, sure. I, I think what goes well anytime you stimulate small businesses is you keep them alive. You you keep the dream uh, of many individuals going, and they needed that because they were completely and utterly shut down. No, no income coming in, no opportunity to grow or even make any any type of living. So. It was vital that we did something for these individuals because there was no insurance policy that they could have paid for that would have helped cover their expenses during this time. I suppose there was good budgeting or you know planning for emergencies that they could have done. But outside of that, they needed the help of the government to say, hey, we're sorry. <laughs> we just got hit with a pandemic. We are going to support you and support your people. And that was the success of it. It certainly kept businesses going that really needed it. Um, and in some cases, it probably really pumped businesses up that still had some ability to work through a pandemic or zig and zag into a different avenue of their business and just be wildly successful last year, as weird as it sounds uh, to say that about 2020, but it is a reality for many. Uh, in that in that space, but then there were some that were you know completely crushed, and it gave uh, people jobs at least for that short period of time and some hope, and so that was that was positives that I saw certainly. Negatives, it was only a short period of time. You know, like you said, you're talking about the year anniversary, and we need to stimulate again because it's all dried up. Uh, you know, that, uh, that opportunity, uh, lost is still being lost in some industries, uh, in a very big way and will, you know, be affected by these winter months, uh, harder than others. So it makes you wonder, was there a better option, 
Uh, was there better foresight that could have occurred as far as saying- Maybe it needed to be bigger. Maybe it needed to be bigger. Maybe it needed to be rolled out differently. You know, why did we decide to directly go to the small business owner and say, you know, well, you take care of these people. Uh, you take care of your people via this stimulus because it'll be too hard to send everybody to the unemployment line and, you know, it'll hurt uh, the good vibes of, of the country if everyone's on the unemployment line. But maybe that was what was required. Maybe that's what would have gotten everybody to seriously lock down as if, you know, everyone's out of work. Uh, but I, I know these are wild uh, scenarios, but I think it's something we have to think about. It, it feels as though this could happen again at any moment. It doesn't feel like we're quite vulnerable. Um, but you, we pray that we learned from this and that the world will adjust appropriately uh, to, to pandemics and how to react to them and just plan for them maybe, uh, knowing that these type of th events can occur. So I have heard, I don't know what people know, even listening to us, you know, uh, that much about the PPP unless you okay. happen to be involved in it. I suppose if your business was involved in it, you know something. And I don't even know from some people I've talked, you know, if they knew everything that there was to know. I mean, you're sort of in an urgent situation. You need money. You want to make payroll. I think payroll was the big idea, right? Paycheck protection program. There, um, there were certain, you know, criteria. You couldn't use it to build a new, you know, wing to your business. You had to use it for payroll. I think, if I understand it right. But I've heard some criticism, and I don't even know, Harry. That's why I, I'm sure you do, but certainly better than I about. Um, now here we are. We're sort of in the payback phase, I suppose. And I know your 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 bank um, was you know was a participant or a, or a um, you know one of the one of the places people could go to get one of these loans. You know, and I, I've heard from some, you know, that are you know um, that they now they need to pay it back. Either they need to pay it back and or they have to pay the taxes and a lot of grumbling. And I don't know if this is just, you know, the typical, you know, uh, noise or that there are some hidden surprises. What's what's your sense of, you know, how this is working out for people who've taken the loan, it's benefited them? Um, is it is it is it mostly gravy and or, 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 or what's the true story about the, the PPP number one? No, it's an important discussion to have related to this because, again, this is how we're going to learn moving forward. Um, it was a mess at the beginning. Uh, it wasn't well categorized and there was a lot of confusion as to how much you could apply for, who could apply. You know, it ran out of money within like 10 days. We were fresh out. I could not give you a PPP loan. It did get re, uh, you know, flushed with cash and eventually over the summer months weaned off and had money inside of it that I could have given out if someone were to come for a PPP loan in August, let's say, when things didn't seem quite as bad. Um, so as far as the rollout uh, and the forgiveness side now, this is why the new stimulus package, a big portion of it is occurring to clean up those rushed mistakes from April. So, you know, forgiveness is extremely easy now under the new stimulus laws, uh, because they're all retroactive. They're all going back and saying, if you did PPP one and you did it under these premises, sorry, you can, you know, try to get a little bit more out of PPP one. You can make your, uh, forgiveness process a lot simpler. As long as you got under a certain dollar threshold, you know, very easy, you know, forgiveness process. And then there, yes, there is a tax element. Uh, these expenses related to 
payroll that people, you know, take advantage of, you know, writing off to help offset gains within business that can all occur now. You know, there is, they are certainly making PPP one as beneficial as possible now retroactively, but it's only because of, you know, the second round of stimulus that's, that's hit us now here in the winter of, you know, 21 or 2021. And, um, I'm thankful for it because there was a lot of angst and frustration with it if they didn't do these things. So um, I'm guessing you guys, CNB, are mm-hmm. participating in what's happening now, right? The, Correct. Yep. The PPP2, I don't know if there's a name for it. Um, are the terms different? Um, you guess you just kind of answered that. Are they more or less attractive or is it really all depend on who you are? There's certainly a lot of it depends on who you are. They are very attractive. Uh, they do require now uh, an element of need. So, you know, earlier uh, in our conversation, I mentioned how businesses that were performing even through pandemic still were allowed to do the PPP, which made them wildly successful during this past year. That won't occur this time around. You would need to show uh, a 25% loss uh, one quarter of 2020 compared to that same quarter of 2019. Now, can you argue it's pretty easy to do? Certainly. Mm-hmm. I, it's hard to find a business uh, that can't show, you know, gross receipts loss from the second quarter of 2020. That's that April, May, June timeframe where things were really dark. Um, and a majority of business should be able to show some type of loss and they would then qualify for this second round. But as far as dollar amounts, we're really uh, flushing money into the restaurant industry. Uh, so anyone that's involved in you know food service, food uh, restaurants will get even more money in PPP this time around. Previously, they got two and a half times their monthly payroll expenses. This time around, they'll get three and a half mm, times. Uh, so this should bring them into the spring that that true, like what I consider the true one year anniversary of uh, the pandemic, which is the, you know, 15 days, the slow, the spread. So it's interesting. You said something right there I didn't know, which is, which makes sense that the, the people planning all of this, you know, I guess the government um, is, has tailored the second round of the, um, of this loans or these set of loans you know, in a sense, to the people who were most affected, which you wouldn't even know. We've never, we don't live through pandemics all the time. And what you you mentioned, restaurants, small businesses, um, which is a majority of our economy, but even some that have been mostly hearted. I guess those who who don't have a lot of runway in in their um, financial, um, you know, in their finances, they they typically run with a very short um, runway or whatever the right words are. And certainly restaurants are the case. So it sounds, at least in that sense, that there's some, you know, some specificity that wasn't there before. We're really trying to help the businesses that are most vulnerable. Is that true? Is that your sense? That is 100% uh, the reaction that they've made uh, here in this second go around. In in their defense, they couldn't do it the first time. That's right. How could you you predict which industry? I mean... I guess you didn't have to be a rocket scientist to think a pandemic would hurt a, a live event or right. you know physical uh, occupancy type industries. But outside of that, there was there's a lot outside of that you know industry, right? There's a lot of non physical touch right. um, industries that we had no idea how you know this would affect them. Now I know there's some. Um, 
so much politics to all this, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean bad or negative. Which, but there's so much politics to it. And even as I understand the, the this the the the, the figure, um, just shy of a trillion, I guess, um, is that, um, and it's perhaps the best we can do, right? We with the political situation. But in your opinion, based upon the fact that perhaps there will be um, more discrimination of whether or not I even want the money or I'm going to give – who's going to get the money. You know, it's not as open as as it was. It wasn't as, um, you know, kind of um, urgent and crazy as round one was. Is this enough money or is, is there going to be another one or what's your, what's your sense? Yeah, that's a great question. I I have no idea. I, I am certainly fearful of it not being enough just because I suppose I see – those that are most affected and and most uh, emotionally tied to this money, you know, I'm literally the person that's responsible for reviewing their documentation and submitting it off to the government for approval and then mm. funding them. So they, oddly enough, I just feel like I'm the one giving it to them. Wow! Um, even though our bank is just a facilitator, like any bank involved in this process is uh, purely just a, a government facilitator of this stimulus. It just feels different uh, for me. And a lot of people want to know when they can apply and exactly how they need to document their their losses and uh, really focusing uh, in their conversations with me on, I need this money. Uh, this is very important. I need you to be you know, very uh, straightforward with me and let me know that I can do this because it's going to be a lifesaver for me. So having lived through this, you're in the banking industry. You are not only in the banking industry, the money industry, but you were part of the distribution of this loan in the middle of the only pandemic you and I have ever lived through. And and this is a pretty un- incredibly unusual, unique situation that we're still living in. What is your best sense of the economy today? That is, you know, January of 2021. Who are the winners? Who are the losers? I don't know if that's the right metaphors uh, over the last year today. Hmm. Um, winners would certainly be uh, anything related to technology, okay. uh, related to um, telecommunication, kind of what we're doing here. Zoom. Zoom, <laughs> yeah. uh, all that uh, type of uh that that's the thing that's going to continue to be successful after this there's a lot of things i don't know what comes back you know i think of our area specifically um how flush we are with strong real estate and commercial real estate and will that commercial real estate be needed you know how are people going to re-envision um their businesses moving forward uh, what type of risk will they be willing to take to uh, make those uh, choices to 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 buy you know buildings and try to fill them with with businesses? Right. And will those businesses be there to desire that? You know, I really wonder. Um, certainly, I, anyone that works from home, it seems like they're they're very satisfied with what's occurring. It's made life um, very uh, enjoyable on the personal side. I think they're a lot more involved in their families, you know, whether it's getting kids ready for school. I know there's a big element here in New York of that's not the same, right? That 
maybe they're only going to school for half the day and they're trying to work from home and also teach from home. So maybe there, there is a struggle there. But I think for the most part, what I'm hearing from individuals is that's a big positive, the ability to work from home. Um, I don't know. That, I don't know if I'm answering your question yeah. uh, very well, but I, I just find that uh, the big winner of all this is we learned how to flex um, as a as a society and as as uh, the business world has learned how to flex. And I just wonder their desire to get back to the way it used to be. Yeah, certainly I've heard, as you just said, that tech's a big winner. I saw it was an article, this could have been months ago, but it was a graph that talked about some of the segments of the economy, big sections of the economy, um, you know, the airline industry, maybe the auto industry, you know, other things that we would consider big parts of the economy that were, um, you know, majorly um, reduced. And they And the article was basically saying, in a previous season in the in in our in our um, history, that might have dragged the economy down in a major way. In other words, they were very weighty. But you look at the stock market. Not that the stock market is the economy, but I mean, mm-hmm. the stock market had a good year, strangely, in 2020. And what this article was saying was it had on that graph the tech businesses, you know, Amazon, Facebook, Apple, you know, um, Uber, you know, some of these other tech businesses, which actually to your point of a minute ago, um, not only did okay, but actually did even had kind of banner years. So the point of this article was when you add all that up together, the economy did not fantastic, but actually did okay um, because some of these businesses, the winners, helped the overall economy. So that's just punctuating what you said. The losers, we talked about this a minute ago, um, is certainly, I would guess, at least the restaurant business. Um, people, even I know in this city here in Rochester, where we live in Rochester, who've, you know, who've opened and closed two times, three times. People who have put a lot of money investment in these sort of interesting little, um, either delivery systems of of food and or you know having to um, reconfigure their dining rooms, even create little outside space. That's, that's real money. If you just one restaurant, that's you know tens of thousands of dollars, and you put all that in there, and then you're shut down. So I would I would imagine they're losers. Um, even though you, I love football, I know you're a sports person, so you love sports, and and we're, I'm watching the NFL now. But um, so I'm sure the NFL is probably okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, but I do notice, of course, there's you know um, people aren't showing up to games. But when you get down below the NFL or or whatever sport you are, you know it's much much more. Um, lots of uh, loss. There's people. A lot of these sports have been canceled altogether, or they're much more modest when you get outside of uh, professional sports. And one of my great friends, and and someone that's a Rochesterian that we all know, I've spoken with him a number of times. Mark Iacona, the executive director of the Jazz Fest. He, you talk to him. He'll talk to you about not just the jazz fest, but that like the music industry. You know, he he's like you know, is this you know they've they've suffered. No one's talking about that. So the music industry, not only you know big names who people who you might think they're not going to Taylor Swift's probably going to survive, but but what about the countless people who make money in the music industry? Um, who are names that are not named, you know, wh- when are they coming back? So I would imagine they're, they're considered losers in this economy, and, and who knows? Yeah, if you require an audience 
of any sort or any type of close uh, physical intimacy, it's it's hard to imagine um, the way out of this or when the way out of this will be to a level that you can actually survive. Mm. Um, Cause I know we all talk about the, the airlines and the cruise ships and all the vacations we're planning for, uh, but it's gonna be a, a slow reopening of that. Um, I don't, it doesn't feel currently, as we have this conversation today, that that will kind of be a snap of the finger. Right. It'll be a slow grind. And you've not only had to survive the pandemic, now you're gonna have to survive the slow grind of slowly reopening, something the restaurants have kind of dealt with in reverse, right? They were were flushed with the ability to bring people in and they were uh, making business and outside here in, in our area, able to be outside uh, during the summer months. But man, this grind down into the winter has been tough where they would almost be uh, benefited from being shut down and being say, being able to slash staff and just keep it That's right. um, uh, as a you know delivery uh, opportunity only. It, it's a funny time that uh, these folks are going to enter into and have to survive even out of this. But eventually, I just hope it all does come back because it is all tied to these things that are so inherently enjoyable. You know, vacations and. Uh, traveling and things of that nature. So you said some of this, but when you think now, you know, not only as a banker and someone who's looking at your particular um, engagement with the um, economy of 2021, but in general, what's your your upbeat, your moderate, your you know cautious about 20, about the economy over the next whole 12 months, and. Um, do you think that the economy, you, you said some of this, hinted at some of this, is, is it, are we just going to return to a healthy economy? Like, is that our best hope? Or are we going to return to a fundamentally different kind of economy? Mm. I can speak kind of specifically to, to banking maybe more than anything. Uh, right now, the interest rates, as probably all of our listeners know, are historically low. Um, you've probably refinanced your house or plan on refinancing your house because of these historically low rates. And uh, newsflash banks make a lot of money off interest rates. And when they are this low, it creates just a, a margin shortfall or, or numbers uh, on that margin that are, are so minute and so small that it takes a lot of lending to really get to a point that makes the, the bank profitable. So there's just been a, a huge concentration I know for myself is, all right, I've, I've done a lot of lending uh, this year, again, most of it through the PPP, but it's on me to uh, capture those individuals as you know, deposit customers and uh, earn their other banking services um, because that's where there's another opportunity uh, for the banks to uh, perform is uh, when rates are low, then you certainly want your deposits to be healthy. Uh, so that's where I kind of uh, concentrate for, for, for me. I don't see the economy um, recovering anytime, at least in the banking industry, all of 2021, all of 2022. I think you're going to see these historically low interest rates and you will know things are on the upswing when you see your, your prime rate on your, uh, you know, prime based uh, lending that when that number goes up, because it is at the absolute 
bare minimum floor, uh, you'll know that things are on the uprise. Mm. And the nice thing for us is that <laughs> we have this built-in uh, mechanism within government, the Fed, that talks to us and says uh, on a monthly basis, you know, this is what we see. This is our our forecast of of what the economy is doing. And right now they're saying, hang on, we are we we're all hands on deck still. So, so whether it's pre-COVID or in COVID, being as a banker, I would imagine I don't know this that if I was in the money business, you you see the world through money. Mm-hmm. And an investment, just like as a pastor, I see the world through, you know, um, people's engagement with God or not engagement with God, that kind of a thing. So I just wonder, you've been, you know, five years in, in senior leadership at a bank um, or more, you know, what is what is being a bank executive, in this case, a regional bank, tell you about the community that is to say, where are we spending and investing our money? Uh, did it did it surprise you? And maybe it's different under COVID. Where, but I mean, do you say, "Oh, this is what I thought"? People have mortgages and college educations, and and occasionally buy a boat, or or or, or do we? Or is there something you know now that you didn't know about how people spend their money? Well, that's a good question. I mean, spending. Um, there is a lot of personal wealth in this area. Uh, people are very financial, financially stable. Uh, the economy is very financially stable. It's kind of just a very consistent uh, community where uh, many people are doing well. They're not doing extraordinarily well, but they are consistent and their jobs are consistent. Uh, their employment is consistent. And that's what I see a lot. And as far as spending, you know, it's very specific as a as a community bank manager you do a lot of consumer-based lending, so you're kitchens, part of, you're houses. Part of, you're, yep, you're part of their home renovation process. Mm-hmm. So that can be everything from their roof to adding a pool, especially this year. Everyone wanted a pool. Interesting. Everyone wanted a boat. Um, so these were the type of uh, transactions that. I, I saw a lot of, in and that was a COVID thing. You think, hundred percent, hundred percent. So people are not I, going on trips. They're not going on yeah. vacations. They're making a vacation here. There was one thing you could do in New York State. You could take that boat and you Isn't could put it some, on a lake. So what's and so we got interesting lots of about that is, again, the things you don't think about. If I was, you know, um, Joe's boat and marina, Killed and it. I just had a okay year every year. In, yeah. in, in, a, in, a, in a city that is mostly, you know, not summer months, mm-hmm. I had a good year. Oh, you? I mean. You love 2020. So name just two or or three or four off the top of your head like that of industries that normal, that did, that the 2020 was a good year versus, uh, you know, was even a better year than normal. So one of them would be boats. Yeah. uh, uh, Boats. um, Oh gosh, you put me on the spot now. And anything related to home improvement. Oh, so Home Depot or or whatever, or or the hardware store near my house. All the hardware stores. If you're a supplier of those uh, type of things, you know, woodworking, anything related to personal contracting, maybe. Oh, I killed it. Okay. I mean, outside of the fact you weren't allowed in anyone's house for a couple months. (laughs) Well, that's true, right? uh, But yes, once that lifted. Busy beyond belief, I imagine. And again, pools was a huge thing. If you owned a pool company, uh, you something. you are probably booked out for a couple of years because there's still, you know, fear and anxiety around when will things open up. So even if I can't get my pool in 
2020 I want it in 2021 if there's still travel restrictions and mm. things of that nature. So this may be similar to the question I just asked, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What, what does being in the money business, um, if I can call what you do the money business, um, tell you about people? Okay, what 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 new things do you know about people? You don't have to say, obviously say anybody's names, but you work with thousands of customers um, that you didn't know before you got into the banking business. No, I'm I'm glad you phrased it that way. I I wouldn't say I'm a money guy. I am 100 uh, percent a people guy, and I'm about investing in people and learning about their desires and matching money products you know, to those dreams and those desires for their life. Um, so what did I find out? I, f- I found out that relationships are very complicated around money. Mm. I have a lot of conversations that are quote unquote in private. And could you not tell, you know, my spouse or, you know, this isn't something I am telling anybody else or, Interesting. you know, there's certainly a lot of caution and privacy related to people's personal finances. And I respect that. And I want to be a part of that privacy. And certainly the bank prides itself and any bank prides itself on being extremely course. Yeah. Private. So I, but I still think it is, uh, interesting what is underneath the, the, the facade of, of social media and, and, you know, what you think of your neighbor next door, because mm. um, you can appear very, very wealthy and, uh, you know, very consistent and maybe, oh, that person's probably very, you know, conservative with their money. And I could probably see a, a, a lot different picture um, when I actually look at the balance sheet and, and see what comes in and what goes out. You, you, you make me wonder about the work that you do. I hear this from people, say, who are doctors or lawyers. Doctors and lawyers sometimes say to me, just because I'm a pastor, you know, um, sometimes what I do is not, is I get into the personal tears in my office. In other words, doctors, people tell their doctors the most private things, Mm -hmm. or they don't have any choice in some cases, and same with their lawyers. Is that true? I mean, do you find yourself at times, you know, um, because people are talking about their money, that you're you're almost in a counseling session, or it's yeah, it's it's very, uh, very transparent. Uh, The thing I joke about with my transition in the bank is I started as a teller, um, and a teller, obviously, you're out in the open lobby, and there's not as much privacy. uh, But the moment I transitioned to a sales related or sales focused position, what we would call like an office position at, at the branch. Once someone entered into that office, A, they they gave you an incredible amount of respect, just your overall opinion about money and um, your ability to, to speak to them about their f- finances. It was like totally lifted. The things I would have said on at the teller line, um, they would just be felt so disrespected, right? Uh, but I, they come into the office and I can say things and maybe be a little bit more forward with my mm-hmm. approach and it's received for whatever reason. And uh, certainly they do open up uh, in reverse about, you know, yes, you're right. Money does just lead to other conversations. Right, right. Um, so thinking about those listening to us, you know, um, most people, um, I would think, um, 
in 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 our community are not um, flush with. I mean, they're, they're, we're in a conservative community. There's a lot of people, as you say, that are doing well, not necessarily doing super duper well, and probably a lot of others that are, you know, especially families, young families like even yourself, you know, people who have, you know, they're they're not living hand to mouth, but they're, you know, they're they're paying their mortgages, right? So, what does it look like um, in your advice as a as a banker to survive financially during a pandemic? Um, let's just assume you you and or your spouse kept your job, so you're not desperate. But are there are there different advice that you would give relative to either saving, spending, or even investing? Sure. I think the thing I would say is you have to do all three of those things. You have to be willing to have a conversation about naming every single dollar that comes in for you, and that that's even during these times of when the stimulus check hits the bank account, is there a conversation around every penny that is spent there or does it just kind of release the ease of that month's bills? Um, I'm under the camp that everything should be extremely intentional uh, when it's uh, related to finances and that begins with a good budget, which again is about identifying every single penny that's going to come in that month and being able to disperse it in a way that matches your individual beliefs, your beliefs as a unified couple, um, maybe even the beliefs of something greater than you and your spouse. So it should be reflected (laughs) in that monthly budget. And so hopefully it is. And hopefully a part of that is saving for emergencies. Uh, I think the pandemic has certainly exposed that um, is the inability to survive short-term loss in income. Even folks that were furloughed for short periods of time, a lot of people can't survive You know, just a two-week stretch of no income because they have no savings. Right. So um, are we learning from that, if, if that is you know someone's story? And then certainly investing, you kind of... Uh, teased it a little bit. The, the 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 markets have done well. You you wouldn't think uh, there was a pandemic occurring, certainly. Um, and that is just traditionally what the market has done forever. So it doesn't matter who Not the president surprise. is. It okay. doesn't matter uh, where the economy seems to be at. Uh, if you look at the totality of uh, the market, you are going to see growth in in the course of time and consistently uh, pushing funds towards it, there'll just be fruit that comes from it. A couple final questions. One, you've answered some, but you may have a last thought or additional thought. What are your greatest fears and best hopes, um, let's say, for your business Mm. in the 2021 year? You know, I love being called someone's banker. I enjoy having folks come into the office, uh, maybe linger a little bit, have a cup of coffee in their hand because kind of a calling card of our bank is, you know, we have, you know, good coffee in the lobby for you. And I truly miss that and fear that it will not return. Um, You mean in the sense of people just showing up? Just showing up and lingering Mm -hmm. uh, and wanting to, to talk to their banker and desiring to have um, a personal relationship with someone in the financial field outside of maybe their trusted accountant or 
uh, wealth advisor, but just wanting to have a relationship with a banker. Uh, so that that's a that's a fear for sure. But I do believe that I can I can flex. I can I've learned that as much as I may not personally love it, you know, a video chat does help release a little bit of that awkwardness of only emailing somebody or only uh, having a phone conversation that just that little break of, you know, seeing somebody, seeing somebody without a mask on right. uh, for that little period of time uh, in a video screen is is sufficient to give me some of that personal interaction. Um, other hopes is just that we are wiser, tougher people, and we realize that things shouldn't be just fluffed off, that uh, life is a very uh, serious thing, and, and finances and personal finance is a very serious thing uh, for creating happiness, I think, and creating a, a structure that allows for uh, personal growth. I think a lot of times personal growth uh, that I see can occur because the the financial situation is in such disarray. Mm. So um, those are kind of some of the things I, I think about. So I mentioned in in the introduction that you're an elder at Browncroft. Some people might not even know what that is. I mean, most people most people perhaps listening to us do, but I mean, you you serve as a on the board of directors, if you want to say, of the church. So you're a man of faith, mm -hmm. and I just wonder um, how your faith in uh, your personal faith in in Christ, your 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 faith um, plays a role in your everyday life as a manager of a bank. Yeah. Um, so interesting. I, I, I contemplate this often. Uh, I started not in banking. I started in, in radio and I loved, uh, being a sports broadcaster. I wanted to be a sports broadcaster since I was in my, my teen years. And when I entered into that field, uh, I realized that it, didn't match up with a lot of the uh, beliefs that I was developing at that time, you know, late teens, early 20s, uh, early in my faith and desiring to, to learn more and, and grow in my relationship with Jesus. And it was hard. It, it, it rocked me pretty good. So I was, you know, when I had that uh, period of time, I, I joke it was my seven-year itch with my radio career. I, did, I didn't have a seven-year itch with my marriage, but I did with with my my marriage to sports radio. Mm. And I thought, what is what is this all about? What am I doing every day to impact people's lives? Does anyone really take anything I say all day long seriously? Um, where now this opportunity that's been given to me that feels like a clear blessing from God is an opportunity to make my words and my actions matter. Mm. Uh, the the type of customers I strive towards engaging with and growing with are ones that in return believe in a community bank and believe that it matters that my money that I receive from my income is put in a bank that will then redisperse it to my neighbors, that it won't go to the big mothership corporate bank that has locations from Hong Kong to LA, you know, that it's just a, a industry that matters where your money goes, that 
even though you don't feel it, that money that sits there as you pay your bills and it's reflushed and you pay more bills is being used to buy your buddy's swimming pool that your kid swims at and has an opportunity to have relationship uh, in his neighborhood. And I just feel a, a trickle-down effect to what I do. And uh, I just try to never uh, pass up an opportunity to have a, a conversation, a really meaningful conversation. So that's where I think about uh, my faith on a day-to-day basis is that, you know, God believes in my ability to connect with people and he gifted me with the ability to, to speak well and uh, enjoy conversation. And I just try not to shy away from it. I, I uh, Even if it's a customer coming in that's having issues with their online banking, you know, I suppose I don't need to take that customer as, you know, the manager of the office. But if I don't have an appointment and I don't, you know, my staff is uh, preoccupied, why wouldn't I want that opportunity to to meet somebody and have a conversation and who knows where it'll go. Right. Um, so long-winded way of saying that's how I uh, try to tie my faith to what I do. That's great. So every, well, one question I'd like to ask everyone that sits at this table is about books. And because it says a lot about somebody, no, you know, in the sense, or I shouldn't say a lot, because it's unique, right? I might like to read, uh, you know, novels or, or, or self-help books or, you know, or uh, sports books or whatever. And, um, and, but also, so one, it tells me something about you or something sure. about me. But it's also back when you're talking about boats, I think one thing that many people are doing is um, more in, in this uh, season is, is reading. So I'm interested to know if you can think of, um, um, you know, maybe even in the last year, is there one book mm-hmm. or two that you'd say you read that you thought was, it, doesn't have, it could be about any subject. Uh, I definitely, you know, typically steer towards um, self-improvement books, I guess you would say, just because of the season of life I was in uh, for many years previous to this, and leadership books have come into play very often as well. But I have, the book I really enjoyed this year, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think it came out this year. I'm always a little little slow on getting the, the hot new book. Uh, but Malcolm Gladwell is a very well-known author, I think, to many listening. And he made this book uh, called Talking to Strangers. Mm. And I was intrigued just by the idea of I always want to continue to be more and more comfortable talking to individuals that I have no connection to in my worldview. That, you know, I was raised in a in a very conservative, strict home, so I feel like I have um, – you know, an avenue to connecting with individuals in that space, but then was fortunate enough to to get out of the house and move out of that uh, area of New York State for a brief period. And then I spent time in the Midwest and, uh, you know, did other things through college to expose myself to different types of people. And what that book really highlights is how important it is, what we, how we, how we acknowledge our preconceived notions of, of people mm. and how those um, those opinions can be beneficial or in kind of identifying uh, things that aren't good or fulfilling, but also on the flip side, how those can be hurtful to how we, you know, police people or how we interact with um, certain communities. And I just, I, I found it uh, just a, a very intriguing way to 
to adjust my world talking view. to strangers that we said talking that? to strangers and yeah. i know of course malcolm gladwell the tipping point but for yep. others that was his big yep. big david book and that, goliath and that's things right like that. yep. um something about dogs isn't there one yeah uh yeah what is that I one the name of dog deers or something <laughs> but, but um is that a 2020 book i think no maybe it's 2019 okay good 2020 is a blur <laughs> <laughs> i know <All> right. <laughs> so. well harry listen thank you so much for taking yes. us the time today and uh and look forward to seeing if some of your good predictions uh yeah. your, your hopes are realized in the year that is uh, we're only in january we got a lot lot a lot of time to go Thank you, friends, for joining us today for this conversation. Look forward to continuing this conversation soon.